You know, my dearest brethren, let every man be swift to hear, but slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man works not the justice of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Earlier in his epistle, St. James speaks of the gifts of God, the grace of God given to whoever asks without hesitation and with faith. To obtain these gifts, St. James suggests now the means in the words we just heard. Let everyone be swift to hear and slow to speak. Hearing, listening are means to learning as we read in the book of Proverbs. A wise man shall hear and shall be wiser. A clear example of that is, for instance, St. Thomas, St. Thomas Aquinas, one of our spiritual pillars, beacon for our dear institute. If you read biographies about St. Thomas, you will be surprised to see that in his student days, he was so silent that he was named the Dump Axe. But the great Albert, his master, soon realized his genius and exclaimed, You call him a dumb act, but a day will come when he will bellow so loud by his learning that he will be heard the world over. No man can teach well, to teach well if he hasn't first learned well. Let us simply look at the example of our Lord himself. For 30 years, he remained hidden, silent. He listened much and spoke but little. And once in his 30th year, did he began to teach, but still very little compared to the wisdom he had. And St. James here enforces this idea because he found some of the early Christians, newly converted Judeo-Christians, who preferred to teach rather than to learn. Are there not many nowadays the same? It is a natural fact or a normal consequence that in times of great calamities, in times of great uncertainty, in times of profound doubt, it is rather frequent to see men, to see the people rushing to the first out-of-proclaimed teacher, prophet, who has an answer for everything and everyone. Even in our Catholic milieu, do we not too often find such autoproclaimed scholars in philosophy, theology, and spirituality, and maybe even among ourselves? <clears throat> Certainly guided by some good motive, do they teach and talk, but with poor knowledge and too often poor virtue as well. They easily mislead souls on a dangerous path of error and division, and ultimately mislead their own souls, endangering their own salvation. Finding listeners, finding disciples today isn't obviously a difficult task. First, because of this general appetite we see in times of great confusion, as we just mentioned, and second, because of the power of the Internet, for instance, and the rapidity with which information can be shared, ending up in a tenfold increase of unfortunate consequences. Prudence, therefore. Prudence, redouble your prudence, 
first with what you let enter into your ears and your heart, and then with what you said or spread. Man has two ears and only one tongue, the former ever open, the latter enclosed. Talkativeness is a sign of foolishness, whereas silence is a sign of wisdom. Look at St. Joseph, whose feast was just celebrated yesterday. Look at Mary, as we start this month of May, dedicated to her. What do they tell you? What do they teach you? Pretty much nothing. A quasi-constant silence, sign of great humility and true wisdom. St. James continues later in his epistle. If anyone deludes himself by thinking he is serving God, when he has not learned to control, to bridle his tongue, the service he gives is vain. We affirm that man has three lives commonly. First, the spiritual life, life of the soul, endured by sin. Second, the temporal life of the body, endured by wounds, illness, disease. And third, the civil life of good fame, injured by unbridled tongues. So if we take so much care to save and to protect our life, or the life of our neighbor, spiritual life, in fighting against the sting of sin, if we are especially today so careful about preserving that second life, our temporal life, or the life of others, in the care we give to our bodies, to our health and appearance, why is there then so little efforts made to protect, to defend, or to restore our civil life of good fame, or the good fame, the good reputation of our neighbor? Two particular weapons have proven to be quite effective in the hands of the evil one, to divide, to break, to destroy. Detraction and calumny. Detraction in making known without cause the secret faults of others. And make no mistake here, this sin is not as common as calumny itself, since often one lacks of the proper knowledge of the secret faults of another, to be able to actually be correct in his judgment on that particular fault, easily misleading one away from the truth and easily leading one to the latter sin, calumny. Calumny, which is the imputation of sins, faults, or even crimes, in the widest, widest meaning of the word crimed, to imputation of sins to another untruly, untruly. My dear flock, let us then be coherent with ourselves. Let us ban from our midst the spirit of division, maybe pointing fingers at each other in a tireless effort to simply excuse ourselves from our own mistakes and weaknesses. How can we pretend to, de to defend the life of the unborn, most praiseworthy cause today? How can we pretend to defend the life of the unborn when we do not protect the life and the good reputation of our direct neighbor? The defense of life begins, of course, at its conception and continues at all the stages of human life. 
our consistent efforts and sacrifices on refraining our ears from listening to that evil poison and filtering with prudence and wisdom before accepting as true everything and anything we hear in that particular domain and on refraining our tongue from speaking ill of others, applying to the fury of our passions the balm of patience and reserve, all these efforts and sacrifices will give grounds to a true Christian civilization, as St. James already exhorted the universal church at his time when writing his letter to the twelve tribes scattered abroad, meaning the universal church. So both calumny and detraction are directly opposed to the virtue of charity and justice. Opposed to charity in doing an act of hatred or dislike, exposing our neighbor to ridicule and contempt of contempt, causing him or her pain, should it one day reach his or her ears, an experience shows that it always end up reaching his or her ears or showing complete absence of all Christian feeling and jealousy, jealousy, envy, which easily turn into that form of hatred and dislike, leading to sins of the tongue. So that was opposed to charity, opposed to justice now, robbing another of the esteem he has the right to enjoy, exposing him to maybe some temporal losses, material, sentimental, Affective social losses, maybe even endangering another's temporal prospects. So the gravity of these two sins of detraction and calumny will vary according to the imputation made, the injury affected or intended, the number of people hearing, and remember once again the power of the internet for that, the number of person hearing it, and finally the degree of authority or influence of the victim himself. As we begin this beautiful month of May, dedicated to our beloved mother, let us make a firm amendment to follow Mary's silence in time of temptation. Immaculate and free from sin, she remained silent and reserved before the Mary Magdalene, the sinner, before the lack of faith of the apostles, before the betrayal of Judas, before our Lord's executioners, before the incredulity of Thomas after the resurrection, offering all her suffering in atonement for the sins of the world. As we also approach the Feast of Pentecost, let us ask the Holy Spirit to increase in us the gift of wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. Let us beg for the grace to persevere in our efforts, guided, enlightened, by the virtue of prudence, that knowledge of what to seek and what to avoid. For the greater glory of God and the salvation of many souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.